you know, first things are really important because first, f- the first things you put, the things you discover in life that you need to put first are often things that, um, there's some things, well, I'll put it this way. There's some things you discover you've got to put first and then some things you discover in life through experience that you don't need to put first. I remember, uh, I remember, what do I remember? I remember, who remembers when they first rode their, I pushed bike for the first time? Anybody? Re- I remember the day. Just me and Malcolm. Okay, another person. Yeah, thanks, Greg. First, you know, uh, I can remember it was an old, dusty, um, uh, dirt road on a farm outside of Gympie, and the bike was too big, so I couldn't sit on the seat. I had to sit on the bar in the middle, and I rode that bike. Just the thrill and excitement of it. I can remember that. Um, it, it was a good experience. It went on to help me do other things. It, it, you know, it gave me confidence. It was the thing I put first. It was one of those first experiences that I remember you know, established me as a young man and helped me, you think, just riding a bike? Yeah, because there was a day when I had to have enough confidence to drive a car by myself. Who remembers that day? Uh, first, I remember where I was. I remember the car I was in. I was in Rosella Street in Gladstone. I was driving this little car, and I just, the thrill of driving by myself, no longer needed someone to sit next to me to drive. So there was good experiences. I remember the day that I, uh, I was at primary school and I had my first fight. Bad experience. I was, I obviously was overconfident because I said to these three guys during the day that had been annoying me, I'll, I'll take you all on after school today. Bad decision. The first one I kind of got on top of, the second one beat me up real bad, and the third one didn't get to me because I ran. <laughs> but um, it was the first, and you know, I, I came out of that experience, and that was one of those experiences that I'm never going to do that again, and I never have. God willing, never will <laughs> get into a fist fight. You know, it was a primary school t- type of thing. You know, it was all a bit laid. You know, it wasn't real serious. But anyway, um, you know, it, there's things that we learn from first in our lives that we that we need to do and things that we don't need to do. First are, are starting points. They're beginning points. Jesus himself said something pretty amazing. He said in Revelations 22:13, he says, "I'm the Alpha and the Omega." Uh, those words actually, and, and if you weren't quite sure of it, then the scripture goes on to explain it. says that that means the beginning and the end. And if you're really not sure, it then says, really kind of spells it out. It's the first and the last. So Jesus is the first. He was there at creation. He was there helping with creation. He's there. He's been there all, the, all along. And you know, we look at what the world is today. It's a bit of a mess. Would you agree? Uh, it's not as good as it was in the beginning when Jesus, uh, with, along with God and the Holy Spirit, created it. But... I'm glad because it gives me hope, this verse, because it says if Jesus created everything good at the start and everything now is not that is not as good, but who's going to be the last say? Jesus is going to have the last because he's the last. He's the omega. He's the end. You know, I'm just glad that he'll, he can make every... Uh, there's a great hope in that, uh, uh, that everything, again, eventually uh, can be better. Uh, maybe that will mean heaven. Uh, I'm not totally sure, but I'm just thankful that Jesus, he, he talks about being first. I'm, I'm thankful because Jesus speaks on several things that we should place first that are powerful principles in life. And he identifies that life going well is not just determined by doing certain things, but life going well is determined by doing certain things first. Doing certain things first. Um, let me share some of those things and see where we go this morning with the time we have. Let me just share for a moment up the things that are first. The, the first thing Jesus says in Matthew 7, 4, 5, or one of the things he says about being putting first, he says this, Matthew chapter 7, 4 and 5, Or how can you say to your brother, or 
sister, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Um, What's Jesus really saying here? What he's saying is, uh, he's really talking about having the wrong judgmental spirit. Uh, And you may say, oh yeah, I've heard this before. Yeah, you have, but you know what? It affects a lot more than we realize. The, the way we conduct our relationships, the way we see people, who we connect with, who we don't connect with, how we treat our family, how we treat friends, how we t- treat each other in the body of Christ, how we treat this world. Would you agree the world today is in a, in a, a critical situation because of, of racious and, and the way that people see each other? It's a terrible world. Uh, people have no regard for each other. People are being murdered today because people ha- are judging this other race. World War II, unfortunately, saw the death of so many millions and millions of Jewish people because someone decided, made a judgment that they're no longer needed. We live in a world like that. And I want to tell you that we can wage a war against the wrong kind of judgment. We need to wage a war against it in our hearts and how we conduct our life and it all starts with just how we treat each other within the body of Christ how we treat each other in our family unit um because Jesus is not saying here don't make a judgment we have to do we have to make judgments every day of course we make judgments every day but don't do it with a critical spirit that never considers something first and the thing that Jesus says here, what the first that you need to consider is try to help. If you want to help another person see their faults, remove the plank from your own eye first, which metaphorically means look at yourself to see what you need to deal with. That's what it's talking about. And it gives a better perspective when judging to realize that maybe there goes me, but for the mercy and the forgiveness and the grace of God. That that continually keeps you on the, uh, in the realm of uh, um, not allowing your pride and ego to inflate your life, but to just humbly walk through life through God. And, and it also gives you a, so much a better perspective to love people, uh, to love the unlovely. Uh, because the truth is, is that I'm very capable of doing what other people have done. Maybe I haven't done it, but you know what? I could be, but for the mercy and the forgiveness of God and grace of my life. Some people, you think, well, they come from a really difficult and downtrodden background and a very dysfunctional family. That could have been me, but for the grace of God. You know, so we've got to see that that's what's really happening here. Do you remember there was a Bible story that Jesus said, he shared this story, and it was actually a true story. It wasn't just a Bible story. It happened, and it was recorded. It's recorded in John's Gospel, chapter 8. And the, Jesus was there one day, and the Pharisees brought this woman who was, had been uh, commi- uh, committed adultery, and they said, we caught her in the act. The law says, Stoner, what do you say? I love what Jesus said. He says, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her, what? First. In other words, what Jesus was saying, he says, what the Pharisees Uh, When the Pharisees didn't first consider their own failures, they were happy to throw stones at the adulterous woman. But when they started to consider their own failures, they all dropped their stones and walked away. And see, when we we judge others without first considering our own failures, we can start to throw verbal stones. I'm not saying you need to live life always saying, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a failure. I'm just a failure. No, no, no. I think it's always healthy. The healthy way is to say, God, I'm just thankful. I'm no better. 
I'm just thankful I, I, I'm forgiven. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, and so verbal stones we could throw at other people, metaphorically speaking, because we judge them without first considering, hey, you know, just ease up a moment here. Let me consider. Because there's nothing like considering your own existence to help you have a better view of how you can help other people. There's nothing better than considering, well, my life isn't perfect to help you have a better understanding and compassion to help other people. Nothing like considering that. So when Jesus says, be the first to throw a, throw a stone, he was saying, this is what he was literally saying, be the first to judge yourself. Be the first to judge yourself. And we have to make judgments. So when we make that judgment, don't let it be tainted with that Pharisaic attitude that I'm, better, I'm a better person. You know, um, it, it, it almost is that thought that we'll never say, but maybe in our heart, thinking that sometimes our little world revolves around us. Well, folks, the world does not revolve around me or you. The world needs to revolve around someone far greater than me or you. And I need to revolve around that somebody, and that's Jesus Christ. Because only he was worthy, uh, uh, the one that never judged or never, he was perfect in every way. I love that reality. We could trust him. Um, I am not, I don't need to, uh, to uh, you know, to nourish or have that attitude or let it build up that I'm better than them mentality. Because when we do, we negate the opportunity to win people to the Lord Jesus Christ. We negate the command, love your neighbor. We, we create disunity amongst groups. Let's wage a war against discriminating judgment. It's such a powerful thing for humanity you know what um maybe i've realized that some of us probably need to that's what we need to do in our marriages before we point the finger at the spouse we need to first pause breathe relax let the emotion drain out of it and think of what i would be what i'm like and sometimes i've done that with michelle i'm thinking oh michelle shouldn't be and just one second before i've opened my mouth i thought you know what i didn't i've done the same thing not too many months ago oh it's been sobering just the pause. And then sometimes I've not thought and I've just gone ahead and it's hurtful words, isn't it? You know, for those people at work that just really, just, just really rub you up the wrong way, why don't you just pause for a moment? Those annoying people, why don't you just pause for a moment and think, have I ever been like that? Have I ever? So there we go. I think it's a, Jesus says, come on, it's a good one. I'm going to give you one more and we'll finish with this. Jesus says this in Luke chapter 14. Which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost when he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation is not able to finish all you see and all you see will begin to all you who see it will begin to mock him. What's Jesus talking about? Because he says um, he says uh, he says first he is going to build a tower does he not sit down first and count the cost? Have I got enough building materials? Have I got enough money, financial supply to buy the building materials? Have I got enough people to help me build this? Have I got enough? Have I got enough to do this? Have I so you've got to count the cost. The passage has got a lot more to, to say about something else and not just building a building, to be honest. And what Jesus, if you read the whole passage, is talking about is everything to do with becoming a true disciple of Jesus. Counting the cost, particularly weighing up the cost of being a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what the passage is really talking about. That's what Jesus is saying. He can be a, so I've discovered that sometimes I can be a great starter, but a really lousy finisher. You know, 
And Jesus, he was talking about counting the cost because he knows that when you want to follow Jesus, there's going to be some obstacles in the way. Who knows that anything worth going for and, and doing, anything that's really worth making a difference in life, is going to have some obstacles, hey? It's going to have some obstacles. It's going to have some challenges in life. You know, sometimes people, we can think, come to Jesus and everything will be rosy and well. I want to say, come to Jesus and you can be thankful all the time and you can have more joy and peace and happiness but the reality is is there will be some challenges to your existence of following Jesus there'll be some struggles sometimes there'll be some you know kickback sometimes and 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 what Jesus is saying before you ever make that decision why don't you count the cost why don't you weigh it up Kathy Freeman in 2000 um, won the 400 meters and of course the gold medal what a wonderful I, I watched it on YouTube again this week just to relive that passion of that race but you know she came into the home straight with about 100 meters to go and she was drawing even and then she just went ahead about three or four meters wanted by wanted by about two or three meters but it really stirs up your patriotic uh, heart doesn't it Aussie 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 and of course, she was an Indigenous Australian. What a wonderful example of, to Australia, but to our indigenous, indigenous people. But the thing about Kathy, afterwards, they interviewed her, Kathy. And they, uh, this was some weeks later. And they said to her, Kathy, what does it take? Uh, what preparation do you need to win such a race? 400 meters. She said, much training is needed. In her own words, as Kathy can only speak, there are times when I don't want to get up early and go to the track and train. There's times when five o'clock just too early, I want to stay in bed. And there's times when I've done that, but there's been a lot of times when I've said, no, I've got to do it anyway. And you know what? There's times I've said to myself, no one would know if I never did the training because no one's there except me and my coach. No one would really know. And then she says, she said this, an incredible words of wisdom. She says, then I remind myself, she says, I remind myself, um, I've got to get it right. If I don't train, and when the day comes for the Olympic final, and I take off, and the first 300 meters I'm kind of doing well, but the, hundred, the last 100 meters I drop off and lose the race, everyone will know I didn't train properly. And that was one of her motivations. When, someone, when her mind would say, no one will know if I don't get up at 5 o'clock and train. She says, when I lose the race, everyone will know. And you know, I was just thinking about that. I don't think we have to live up to some everybody's expectations there's only one person that i want to live up to expectations and that's my god and my god doesn't come to me and 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 put this list in front of me he just beckons for us to have a relationship with him and having a relationship with him it's wonderful because he's the one who actually gets up at five o'clock with us metaphorically speaking he's the one that'll help us count the cost he's the one because you know what there's one person i don't want to disappoint i don't want to disappoint god I don't want to disappoint him and get to the end of my, my Christian life and find that I just, I kind of started really well, but I finished really bad. I don't want to do that. I don't want to just scrape into heaven. I want to, I, I want to be pleased what I've done with my life. I remember as a young man of 19, I was in a bunch of people in a meeting like this, and there was a youth speaker speaking, and he was challenging us really strongly. And, you know, and, and some of the people around me, some of the called friends were kind of giggling and making fun of him and I, and I wasn't quite sure whether that was right and, and you know I was kind of engaged and then and then I wouldn't and I was just challenged I was torn you know you, you shouldn't treat him like that but then I thought oh well I've got to 
you know, I want to live up to these peers. I was influenced by that. And then he put this challenge out at the end of the meeting. He said, stand up if you want to follow Jesus Christ. And I'm like, that's me. But then my friends were giggling in that. And I was thinking, no, I can't do that. How embarrassing. And then he kept on going. And I thought, just close the meeting before I get too convicted. You know, that kind of attitude. But he kept on at it. He kept on and he kept on. And in the end, I thought, blow it. Who am I really going to follow? Who's going to be there at the end of my life? It's not my friend. It's going to be Jesus Christ. And so I stood up. And all of a sudden, all the friends went really dead silent. You know. And I said, yeah. I want to make, I'd already responded to Jesus as a 13-year-old, but I just wanted to respond to him. And I believe right then that God saw my heart. And part of the calling and why I'm even just serving him today was because as a 19-year-old, I decided to stand up on the inside and not listen to everybody else's voice, but count the cost. Because that day, I found out some of those friends didn't actually like me. I was not the favorite person anymore. But that's okay. I did not, did not despise them. I just found a passion and love that I needed to put first. And that was my God. I didn't get it perfect all the time, folks. <laughs> Far from it. But I want to encourage us today as we close. There's some things that God says put first. Jesus says put first. Because he, he was the first. Can we have the team? And we're going to close. Um, there's some things. And you know, we've just got to make some decisions on the first. Am I going to put those things first? And I, and I suppose today, one of the firsts would be saying first time to Jesus. Just saying, yeah, it's Jesus. I want to put you first, Jesus. I want to, I believe in you, but you know, I've really probably yet to make a response. And you know, I, I, as I've said, it's, it's, it's a, it needs to be uh, a decision that is made based upon what you understand and not just some emotional feeling, but it needs to be based on emotion and a feeling is part of it, but also saying, yeah, I count the cost that I, yeah, I'll be a disciple. You know, just where you're seated today, uh, can I pray for you today if you know, you need to say yes to Jesus, and that's you today. Um, I'd love to just where you see that, I'd just love to pray for you today and to pray a prayer, and it's a prayer that uh, we could all pray, but a prayer of response and commitment. And if you're here today, could we actually just close our eyes for a moment and say yes to, you know, just close, give each other a little bit of privacy. And today, if you know you need to respond to Jesus for the very first time, and say, yeah, because it talks about in the Bible that we need to believe in Him in our hearts and we need to confess with our mouths in Him. And that kind of like common sense of anything you're going to make a commitment to, you're going to be talking about it and in your heart you're going to be believing in it because that's what you have to do with Jesus. So today, if that's you and you want to say yes with our eyes closed, can you just give me a wave and you can put your hand back down again if it's anybody today. I'll see that hand, you can put it there. Thank you. Can you put your hand down? Anybody else? I'll just wait for a moment. Or maybe it's again. Maybe you need to respond again. Okay. That's cool. Can we just pray a prayer? I just, I, this is the prayer I want to pray. It's really simple, but I just ask you just to repeat it for that one person who responded this morning. Can we just pray a prayer like this? This is how it goes, and you can repeat it after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I thank you that you sent Jesus. He came, he died.
to take my sin and I thank you that he took mine. I now receive that, his salvation, his mercy and his love. Help me to live for you. I need it. Amen. Father, I thank you for people today. I thank you for every person here. Maybe some of us are in that kind of that decision-making part of our lives. And I thank you for that. I'd rather people make decisions that are informed decisions. And I just pray for each person here. God, we need you today uh, in many ways. And one of the ways is to put a lot of things first. And maybe today there's things that we haven't been putting first. Help us to help us to be able to change, not for other people, but for, for you, God, and to say yes to you. We need your strength, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. Can we stand today? And we're just going to um, sing one song and finish. This reason we sing another song.